The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million, and this is a podcast where we discuss feminist issues in music and pop culture, all while empowering fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And today, we are getting candid with Beauty School Dropout. So if you're new here, welcome to the podcast. We are Name Three Songs, and you're listening to our artist interview series. We've gotten to talk to some really cool up-and-coming artists over the past couple of months. I think one of our collective favorite interviews that we did recently was we spoke with Ben Roder of the New York City-based rock band Quarters of Change. We talked about like this rock music movement that's happening in New York right now and also the responsibility as an artist of being vulnerable in your music. It was a very, very cool conversation. And another favorite of ours is getting to chat with LA pop rock band The Aces. If you guys don't already know them, what are you doing? <laughs> we love them. They are a group of four badass women. And our conversation was just so cool because we got to talk about things like having strong female friendships and also how the Aces have become their own representation in music, being both proudly female and having queer members of their band. So along with our artist interview series, Name Three Songs is also a podcast where we discuss pop culture news under a feminist lens. So depending on the news week, the conversation can be quite heavy because we like to discuss like critically thinking about pop culture and like how it affects like real life and politics and all other things. But we like to start every episode with a fun, silly, goofy moment gossiping about fangirl nonsense. And this week, we do have a wonderful gift of fangirl nonsense because over the holidays, on Christmas Day, what do I wake up to other than <laughs> rumors of Paul Mescal picking up women in pubs in North London, taking them home, and the next day taking them on a little walk and simply just running away, simply just running away from them. So Christmas Day, I woke up to tweets and TikToks filling my timeline all about this good, juicy gossip. Honestly, <laughs> we haven't had a good like celebrity rumor, I think, since everybody speculating that Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell were having an affair while filming yeah. anyone but yeah. you. So the fact that now we have a fun, juicy little rumor about Paul Mescal of all people, and that there's evidence that feels like this could be factual. Like that man, <laughs> this man, the evidence <laughs> is that he's only ever paparazzi wearing running shorts. Yeah, the evidence is that paparazzi only ever catch him going for a run. And so I'm just imagining, <laughs> just imagining like the morning after a night with Paul Mescal, he's like, oh, wow, I had such a great time. Why don't we like go grab a coffee and go for a walk in the park? And you're like, okay, cool. And then you put on your like going out outfit <laughs> and he puts on his running outfit. <laughs> and you're like, and you're like, wait a minute. Huh. <laughs> and then you like get your coffee and you like go to the park and you're talking. You're like, all right, well, I had a great time. See you around. And then he just books it. <laughs> just, I mean, <laughs> just runs off. Two birds with one stone. <laughs> I just like, I love it so much. And that's honestly like, I think the first TikTok that I saw about it made it sound like that's kind of what he does. 
like the first person I saw was like, oh, like I heard about this from a friend of a friend. So I'm like, as fangirl nonsense goes, this is some of the best fangirl nonsense we've had in a while because True. for the past two months, most of our fangirl nonsense has been about Saltburn and Jacob Lordy and Barry Keoghan. All very true things. <laughs> all things worth fangirling over. If you want to come enjoy and all the fangirl nonsense and also the critical thinking that we do about pop culture, come find our weekly episodes and you can subscribe to be notified when those drop. And also, if you like this interview and you want to chat more with us, we would love to hear from you. We are at Name Three Songs on Instagram and TikTok. We are always down for conversation. And with all that, now we are getting candid with Beauty School Dropout. The band released their sophomore album, Ready to Eat, this October, and they've had a very busy year of touring. They've opened for Blink-182, for Jaden, for Maggie Lindemann, as well as performing at Lollapalooza and Download Fest and doing their own headline tour across the U.S., On top of that, a fun fact that I love about this band is that in 2022, they were signed to a new record label by Mark Hoppus from Blink-182, which also has investor support from Pete Wentz of Fall Out Boy. So some fun emo kid tiebacks there. So we're getting candid with Beauty School Dropout. We're talking about the importance of fangirl culture and how it's keeping the music industry alive. We also discuss how they combine their influences of scene and hardcore music along with pop music songwriting when it comes to their songs. And also how they're teaching a new generation of concert goers to open the mosh pit up, which like is very important education. We support support it very much. And so with all of that, let's go get candid with Beauty School Dropout. All right. Today we are joined by Beauty School Dropout. Hello, guys. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Howdy. How's it going? Can you all go around and say your names so that we can hear your names and voices? Absolutely. I am Beepus. I'm Coley. I'm Bardo. Wonderful. Thank you guys for being here. So I know that you've had kind of a crazy 2023. You've basically been touring for nine months, but you also just wrapped up your own headlining tour around some iconic venues around the States. What was this experience like for y'all? Oh my God, it's absolutely insanity. We have quite a little cult fan base under our belt and they (laughs) just go above and beyond to put on for us. I mean, as we do for them as well, but it's just crazy feral that's a good way to put it feral feral (laughs) yeah feral it was my favorite tour to date i would say that's awesome i guess some insight for you guys too like we didn't bring a formal tm so we ended up bringing like our dads out with us (laughs) to help drive and tech and then we had some fans who became friends who were gonna drive and basically caravan the whole tour and we were just like you guys just want to do merch and VIP for us. And they ended up rushing, crushing it for us. So like, it was just a big family vibe and it was really, really, really special. (laughs) Gotta love that fan to industry pipeline. It works. (laughs) It works. You're like, these girls know what they're doing. I love it. (laughs) They really crushed it. Literally. They were the backbone of the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Really to their credit. Like they had done merch sales in the past, like through a grace who ended up kind of becoming our like, basically junior tm on the Mm -hmm. whole thing she's done stuff like she like at a bigger venue in seattle or uh sorry washington where she's from like taylor swift stuff like kind of Mm -hmm. bigger venue stuff so she kind of understands like the whole like merch sale you know structure but it was really cool to see them learn and just like really step up to the plate and it was really 50 50 it's like they were gonna crush it they weren't gonna crush it and and it was just dope and i'm really hoping that this turns into like further careers for them in the music industry so especially in touring there's really is not a lot of women present yeah. in the space and i think it's just it's cool and i feel stoked to like help inspire that and get that going so 
it was it was rad. No, oh, that's really awesome. It's it's cool that you guys opened the doors to fans because I feel like sometimes there's like a little fear of that. <laughs> Yeah, we try to. I mean, we definitely like have our guards up for sure. We, we love our fans more than anything. It's really what it comes down to is if someone is treating us with respect, we treat them with respect. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just we'd like to treat people like humans, you know? As you should. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump a little bit here because now that we're talking about fans, I have to bring this up. So one of like our main pillars of Name Three Songs is to help teach fans how to be like, quote unquote, ethical fangirls. So like we discuss a lot the importance of media literacy and critical thinking within music culture. And like we've discussed a lot like fan to band parasocial relationships and the difference between healthy ones and dangerous ones. And so how do you guys as a band keep that like band to fan boundary while still being accessible as part of like your fan community? We're definitely learning as we go. It's hard because like I think it's so easy for us to say when you're face to face with someone and they're asking for your time, it's so hard to just be like, no. Yeah. You know, so I think it's definitely a learning curve trying to figure out how to navigate the most polite and sustainable way to be like, hey, like I like actually have to go do something right now. But thank you so much for your time and energy and like for being here. Yeah, it's definitely a case by case basis, depending on like who it is, too, because there's a lot of people who are just like so obsessive that there's no yeah being reasonable with them. I, think, I don't know. I'm curious your guys' take too. Oh, we just reciprocate the kind of energy that we're given. So mm. like if you come up and like introduce yourself and like I really actually appreciate when people go, Can I give you a hug? Yeah. Versus just like grabbing me. Yeah. It sets the right tone and I'll give you more of my time if you're treating me like I'm just a dude that makes music. You know what I yeah. mean? Like for all of us. And so like I understand the excitement because I get excited when I see like a band that I really like, but also like I know that if I go talk to them and go, "What's up? Here's my name. Mm-hmm. How are you doing?" Versus like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, yeah, it's just like the energy transaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's weird because it's we really, really respect and love our fans for how much they give us love and how hard they go for us because they mm-hmm. go hard for us and like. We see that every day and we just really want to like give them our time and our energy. And, and I think it's easy to forget that we're also human Yeah. and mm. also wake up on the wrong side of bed sometimes. And sometimes like, I don't want to talk to anybody <laughs> Yeah. Like, and I just like, I want to just cry. Yeah. And it's hard to walk out of a venue or wherever you are and like 200 girls that just want you to be their internet boyfriend for like five minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. dude, I can't even be my, you know, I need to be my own boyfriend for a second. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of internet boyfriend, it is hilarious to me when someone asks us to take a specific type of picture <laughs> and then we find on Twitter, oh my God. The way he looks at me. <laughs> Wait, we were just okay. Wait, we were just talking about this today because fans have been unearthing like One Direction meet and greet photos from like the early like 2010, 2011, 2012, and like the types of like poses they ask them to do is so funny. So like hearing you say it's still well and alive. Oh yeah, (laughs) very well. Oh yeah, (laughs) I had one of my most high performing tweets I think I ever put on Twitter was literally there was I saw a thread of girls who were like OMG why is Coley looking at me like that? But like, I remembered the exact encounter I had with them and it was them being like, hey, can you like smile at me really quick? And they like shot the photo and then put that context up. And I was like, not you guys asking me to smile for a photo and then being like, the way he looks at me. To that point too, they also gas each other up. They're like, oh my God, he's obsessed with me. <laughs> 
we're but like we're very much like in the era of lean into the delusion and i feel like everybody's like being so supportive of it where it's like okay i love that you guys are supporting each other and then it's funny because it's like i've noticed there's like this thing like oh my god he loves you like look how much he looks at you but then they're like we post a photo of our girlfriends and they're like, oh my God, she's the queen. Like, so yeah. they'll like lose all that and then immediately go to like, no, like she's the best. Like we come to shows and like some of the girls wear I heart Sadie shirts. And it's just like, and my girlfriend's name is Sadie. And I'm like, you were like two weeks ago. You're like, I was your, what? <laughs> what's, what's the storyline here? I mean, I love that. Cause like Jenna and I grew up in like the warp tour world. And I just remember like growing up being like an all time low fan. Girls were like rabidly mean about their girlfriends. And like yeah. now that the fans are like, no, we love their girlfriends. It. We're going to like put them on our Pinterest vision boards and try and be <laughs> as cool as they are. True. I mean, you guys have been making music together for a little while now, but very recently in the past, like two or so years, I feel like you've really been on an upward trajectory and you, you know, we're talking about like, you have these fans who will come and line up for you and they're like really excited to see you and all this. Do you feel like there's an aspect of community that's been created around beauty school dropout and like your fans? 1000%. That's the best thing about beauty school dropout. Easily the best thing about beauty school dropout. It's the community is what it's all about. And it's like, I think all of our favorite things and like, we love the dropouts so much and they are truly the most unhinged and hilarious people. And it's like so rad for us to see. We love it. So thankful for it. We built our band on community literally from day one. We were, we had a discord that we would hang out in. We were doing zooms during like COVID when we were like still like not even playing shows. Like anyone knew, like come and join our zoom and hang out, like Mm -hmm. meet each other. And like, I think the, the best, way to prove that we have a crazy community is all these kids at the end of every tour are like thank you for introducing me to my new best friends Mm. and then the next tour they're traveling the like the world with each other and they're like we're like how'd you guys meet and they're like because of you guys yeah yeah and it's so cool to watch that happen in front of our eyes and you can see it and like we want to make our shows and our community like a very welcoming place and i think that that's what we're cultivating Coley, did you have Cole. thoughts? <laughs> that, that was that was the thought essentially. I was just gonna say it. It's I'm like, like oh, we're like we kind of all are like the same, you know, same text, just different font. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I want to like talk about your shows for a minute because I feel like your shows are like very chaos and like you've said like you should expect mosh pits at your shows, which I think is very interesting because there's like also like at the same time, there's been a lot of like online talk and also just like personal experience of me and Sarah going to shows where like crowds don't know what to do anymore. And it's very much like about them recording the moment to like post online later rather than like living in the moment. And like Sarah and I were at a show recently where we're like trying to start the pit and no one else is having it so like what has this like experience been like for y'all we're pretty deliberate about telling them exactly what we want and like commanding the crowd i mean like for instance during scarlet letter oftentimes like on the tour we would literally tell everyone to put their phones away Mm. and like and like completely stop recording to enjoy the experience of the song just for that exact yeah. it's funny, like sentiment. it's funny because i think concert culture has turned into this thing where everyone feels like we they need to be so polite to each other which yeah. i think is great like be respectful to people around you like awesome but there's this thing of like girls showing up at like four in the morning to get front row and i'm like 
You mm-hmm. guys don't. I appreciate it. You don't need to do that. You're going to be fine. Like, we all grew up going to shows and just like I would show up like right after doors and just kind of waltz my way up to the front. The pit would start and it, the pit would just push me to the front. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, that was <laughs> exactly. And I'm like I, it was never an issue of where I'm standing, you know? And I think it's like, obviously our, our fans are like, we might've been a lot of them, their first shows, even their first mm, experience yeah. of like, type of music. So, you know, we're like, we're all learning together. <laughs> yeah. I call our shows boot camp <laughs> because especially have, having opened all year, yeah. garnered like a lot of different fan bases yeah. that are now like showing up to our headline show. <laughs> I'm like, this is training. So you guys can understand how to uh, be at a beauty school dropout show. Yeah. Because we do want you to mosh and I am going to crowd surf. <laughs> Please catch me. Like, <laughs> whereas like, the shows where they found us, that is the thing that does not happen. Right. And so, like, it is funny because I'll, like, in VIP and, like, the pre-show stuff or, like, before the set gets really crazy, I'm, like, I'm just warning you all, I'm about to jump in, like, a few songs. Yeah. And you better catch me or I will judge you because <laughs> I don't want to get dropped. Has it ever <laughs> been a situation where you've, like, felt a little bit like your life's at risk? <laughs> No, we have like the most gentle fans. Like even our mosh pits are like the <laughs> softest mosh pits. <laughs> it's great because I think it's like it's like entry level mosh yeah. pit. It's awesome. Okay. <laughs> it's like, and to be fully honest, it's mostly just girls. And so sometimes, like Coley, I think even like will like recognize that maybe there's like a few dudes in the middle, mm-hmm. but it's mostly girls. And so he'll say it is a girl pit. Yeah, like, yeah. dudes. Get out. Like, we don't need you, like, throwing some hardcore dance moves in yeah. there. I love that. And swinging your fist. Yeah, like, that's my idea of a fun time in a pit is, like, the amount of times where I've been at a show and I'm like, this is dead. And I'll just, like, grab someone's hands and spin until, like, a pit opens. And I'm like, we're just going to dance in here. Like, if anybody yeah. does anything worse than that, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we, like, always t- say, like, pick up your friends. Like, because we grew up going to gnarly yeah. shows. Yeah. But, like, the culture was still pick up your friends yeah. when they fall like that hasn't changed so we're i i genuinely think we're teaching this generation group of kids yeah. that like us how to go to a quote-unquote rock yeah show. it's just so bizarre because it's like is it like it's like why why is this happening like why do people like not know how to behave and it's like is it the respectful thing is it like this is their first show is it like pandemic like taking music away from people and like them just not having grown up with like the same stuff that like we did it's so wild speaking on that too is like we've had kind of like this like journey because we were one of the i feel like first bands playing shows out of covid mm. like we were definitely throwing them before they were allowed <laughs> to be like no gatherings we're like perfect let's throw a show and so like our our first like five shows in la were just unhinged parties yeah. mm. they weren't ticketed, they weren't anything we were just playing parties that we threw at different places and those were ridiculous like we flooded places with liquids <laughs> every liquid and we were like climbing on bar tops and it was just like well, I think like if you guys are giving off like that, that vibe, energy, then, yeah. then the audience wants to kind of give it back. Like even just like from watching your guys live performances just like on YouTube and stuff like you can tell that like you guys are like we want to party. And I think sometimes people are just like if the band's not partying hard enough, then they're not going to. 
So I love like this, you clearly have kind of this persona and this like stage presence when you're doing your shows and like this relationship with your fans. And on our podcast, we've talked a lot about this idea of like having like an artist persona or at least having like a fan facing persona. And sometimes it's something that artists do to protect themselves a little bit of like, I need to have like my artist persona in order to like remain private in my personal life. But like, I'm curious, like for you guys, how you feel about this, if you feel like your image, like as beauty school dropout feels like a persona or is this something like is this something you've developed as a band or is this something that you feel like you kind of already embodied this i don't think any of us have a persona i mean at least (laughs) i also don't yeah i think we're painfully our our authentic (laughs) self oh yeah i would say to a fault that that is accurate (laughs) yeah (laughs) what you see is what you get (laughs) i think it's even too so funny that like the fans are like it, learning exactly who we are too and like we all have our like tropes mm-hmm. and like they're all leaning into it too like i'm kind of the shy one do you have your boy band tropes pub. yeah absolutely even down to weird things like cole likes pigeons <laughs> and so they bring him in like little pigeon I'm plushies so sorry, all that's the time so one direction <laughs> we are, that's <laughs> like that's what's so funny about our whole world is like oh we're God. treated like such a boy band we're treated like such a boy band and it's hilarious because it's like I feel like in LA, like all our mm-hmm. friends are like, like the cool, like hip kids, and like you guys are like a sick rock band, and we're like, you guys have no idea, like we're, <laughs> we're not, we're, we're like a boy band, like we just happen to make rock music. It's so funny. Yeah, we're we're heavy five sauce. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I love it though. I fucking love it because I I think it's it's wild for our friends to see, especially in the rock world. Mm-hmm. A lot of our rock friends were like, it's a different scene, and they see our how our fans go hard for us and they're like what yeah they're like they're like your fans are wild like we know it's it's, and we love it like it it really is so special i love this idea that like you guys kind of feel like a boy band because like in looking at your social media there seem to be a lot of like impassioned female fans which is like (laughs) to us is an early sign of success like if the girls are backing you then there's no chance that you're not going to succeed. And like, this has been proven, like success follows the girls. But oh, yeah. like Elvis oh, and the Beatles, the 1975, <laughs> Harry Styles, things like that. And then like- Girls run the music industry. Literally. No one gives girls enough credit. They absolutely run the music industry. Yeah. When Jenna and I were prepping these questions yesterday, we like remember that like at the start of our podcast, we did this episode about how like fangirls run the music industry. And we're like, there are like these quotes from Ashton Irwin from Five Seconds of Summer and somebody and like Penn Badgley's old band that like they felt the need to acknowledge the lack of men in the crowds and being like, oh, like if we have more male fans, like we'll feel more like quote unquote real musicians, which is like the craziest, most unhinged thing to say. So I mean, like what has your guys reaction been to having that like female dominated no. fan base i want less i want less men we actually will say some really out-of-pocket things on stage because it's like all these girls that are having the time of their life mm-hmm. and it is awesome and then you see the boyfriends in the back <laughs> not participating i'm like we will call them out directly from the stage we'll say we see you not clapping or we have everyone get down low and like do all that stuff and it's always the the boyfriends in the back with their arms crossed and i will just stare at them and mean dog them so hard and say something out of pocket on stage because like i wouldn't say we're mean through the mics but we definitely just just be saying we grew up going to like hardcore shows and 
they tell you exactly what to do and are kind of aggressive and I like that. <laughs> and so I'll just put them out of pocket. I'm even one time I was like, Y'all are a five out of ten right now and I am not down with that. Like and the rest of the show, they went way harder. Good. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. It's all with love. I actually want to see more men at, at our shows just so I can see a dude getting his ass beat in the pit by a bunch of fucking girls. <laughs> Girl pits go hard. Girl yeah. pits are a whole lot. They're crazy. It's wow. so They're awesome. crazy. I love I love girl pits because it's just like it's a different level of fury that yes. comes out. <laughs> it's, up, it's just pent up aggression and just like go off. Just go off. Let's talk about your music for a minute because you have this album, Ready to Eat, that came out in October. This is off the back of a lot of success of your songs. I've seen you talk about how you kind of want to be an era's band. I've seen you also talk about how much you love pop music. I I know that you guys have a background in like making music and like producing. How do you feel like this all comes together for this new record? Well, first off, thank you for doing research. That's a rare (laughs) thing going into interviews. Yeah, thank you. Second off, it felt really good putting this all together because I think we were just so excited to put more music out. But it's funny because now that it is out, we're already scheming how we can be more intentional and more thorough for the next one. Just like looking at everything hindsight 2020. You said you've like grown up going to like a lot more hardcore shows. Your music now is still like very rock heavy. But like I like I saw specifically you guys like going on a tangent about how much you love pop music. And I just wonder if you feel like there's an aspect of pop that like you bring into your songwriting oh absolutely we call it the campfire rule the campfire test all of our songs you can play on an acoustic guitar and just sing it okay even doesn't matter how heavy it is like that's like very important to us that the song is yeah and i think that's what pop pop always strive for versus like some other genres forget about that sometimes obviously that's not always true but we just want good music and then for it to be rock cleaning yeah yeah and the errors thing is spot on like we we really like to just change. And I think, you know what it is? We are squirrels and we just get... And Swifties. Yeah, and we just like, just get so bored quickly. And like, we just want to change. We want to wear something different. We want to look different. We want to do different music. And like, we love taking our community on this journey where we're going and like, and they're really a part of it. Like we show them songs. Like there's, even for our VIP, like we gave them just unreleased music. They're just like, <laughs> here, here's a folder of Dropbox Really? So Dropbox folder songs and just oh my like God. we love we love leaking stuff because I mean honestly we don't really do it for ourselves at this point we do it for our yeah. listeners and it's like we want to know what they like and we really try to listen as hard as possible to like what are we doing well and what are we not doing well. So what do you feel like this album represents Ready to Eat as compared to like your previous album We Made Plans and God Laughed? The name Ready to Eat is kind of a metaphor. It comes from kind of a humorous thing, but I think the honestly the big metaphor for us was this was a step into like we're ready for a seat at the table and for the next chapter. Mm-hmm. And I think we're just still hungry for it. And it's like there's been a lot of really amazing moments for us and successes. And I think but I think we're still really hungry for what is next. Yeah. And I think the songs on it dove a little bit deeper and more personal into like Cole's like obviously writing lyrics. So like into his trials and tribulations but i think bardo and i also very much so relate and contribute in that sense too so we're all just like this one cut a little bit deeper into who we are and were as people yeah it kind of felt like a a sequel to the first album Mm -hmm. in the best way possible and and i think it's really cool because this next project that we're talking about 
we're already kind of game planning it being longer than mm-hmm. the last two and being like a, a true full length album. And so I felt like in a way this kind of felt like closing a door to open a new one. Yeah. Just because like up until this point, we've put out short form projects and just gotten really straight to the point and like, I don't want to say no fluff, but just like all the records so far have been like very straight to the point. And we like throw little things in to add excitement. But like, I'm really looking forward to this next project. Just like being very open and exploring different like our own narratives, but also like throwing different things into it that give it a little bit more of a storyline and a body and personality like interludes and like even voice memos that we have like back in our archives or certain moments in time that just like give you that nostalgic feeling beyond just like what you're hearing sonically. Yeah. I really like that idea of playing with things that are more personal and like as a way you're kind of giving it to fans, but it feels like a lot of what you're doing is you just like love making music. You enjoy making music and you're just like, sure, why not? Let's just drop some, let's just leak some stuff for fans because this is for them anyways. Yeah. That's super accurate. (laughs) (laughs) It's been funny coming home because everybody's like, are you just exhausted? I'm like, dude, no, I want to write. I want to like make things again. Like we've been in a box for the last nine months. I want to just like really express myself and just put it all on paper. Yeah. Is it hard for you guys to write while you're on the road, especially with like touring that much? Yeah. We literally just don't. (laughs) I think once we get to like tour bus level, Mm -hmm. it's like a whole game. Yeah. But we're like on the move in like vans or RVs or like flights and like, all that stuff and so it's like it's not very conducive but i guarantee you the second we're in a tour bus we're gonna have a studio in the back and that is where you'll find us if we're not on stage so like from reading and watching interviews and all that stuff like jenna said it feels like you guys do like really really love creating music but also like the live show is such a big part of like what you guys are so is there like a preference to like what you prefer do you like being on the road for like nine months out of the year or do you want there to be more time for the music creation oh i love I love touring. <laughs> I do personally do all of this to play shows. Okay. Playing shows is my water and I need water to survive. <laughs> I'm pretty split. I love both. I love <laughs> I love being on tour and I love playing shows. I like crave the ability to be able to express myself through creation. So I think sometimes it gets a little bit hard when I can be like a, as obsessive over art as I can be when we're like six months into the road. I'm like, oh, I just want to yeah make make something but i mean i have so much love for both really do you feel like writing and being on stage are just two completely different things where they're like compartmentalized or do you feel like they influence each other they influence each other for sure and and the more that i do the performance side of things the more that i find myself considering those aspects in in writing and maybe less so in like the literature but in terms of like dynamic when we're writing songs and just like how mm. it'll translate live and how it'll create a moment within yeah. what we're doing and what we're performing. But I also try and avoid talking too much. What I don't want is to become the band that's on the road so much that eventually we're just writing songs about being a band on the road. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no one likes that. Yeah. So I like <laughs> ironically try and avoid talking about like that kind of stuff on the road. I'm sure we'll have our, yeah. our I'm coming home song someday. But yeah. <laughs> but like... But for now, I, you know, try and like live life hard when we get home just so we have more to talk about. Valid. 
So I know you just complimented us for doing research. I think you're going to be annoyed at us doing research at this point because I did find out that you, Cole, were in the Watermelon Sugar music video and you oh, yeah. only talked about this like once. Yeah. And I feel like we need to talk about it because part of like what we do on our podcast is we have this segment called Fangirl Nonsense where we just talk about fangirl nonsense and this feels very much like fangirl nonsense you're one of literally two men in this music video like (laughs) the other ones are styles like how did this happen can you explain (laughs) you know just a crazy swing of events i've always worked in like film and on music videos and photography stuff so through that i kind of met a lot of casting directors and producers and the night before the shoot i got hit up by this casting director who knew I was freelancing and she's like hey like just submitted you for a job like Harry really likes your look they want to have you on set it'll be a short day and it'll be just be this quick easy thing whatever and this is the pay which was like dismal I thought barely made anything out of it and so I was like oh like cool that sounds like it'll be a great thing to be honest I was like pretty pissed after because it was like a 14 hour day I didn't know I was gonna be in a pink speedo I like me just being insecure I was like what like I'm not ready for this it was a whole cast of like 50 beautiful women Harry Styles and then a production team of like a hundred people and my scrawny ass in a little pink speedo which by the way there was another there actually is another guy in the video yeah, there's one more dude, one more guy. He's there. And they made us play rock, paper, scissors, and I lost. So, like, when it happened, I was pretty oh. I was pretty defeated. But now... But you lost, so you had to wear the Speedo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, all right, because we were... I mean, okay, so at this point, like, call time was, like, 7, right? And we've been sitting here for, like, two hours. It's, like, 9, 9.30. They're getting final touches on styling down. And they're like, all right, mm-hmm. like, we're the only two guys. We're the last two people to be styled. And they're like... So who looks better in a pink Speedo? And we both look at each other because like, like I said, A, it's way too early. B, we're being underpaid. C, we were not expecting to be in Speedos today with Harry Styles. So we're just like, me and this dude look at each other like, oh, no. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like, they're like, all right, play, play rock, paper, scissors over it. Of course I lose. And then it was just like. It was the, the only big, fair way to do it. Yeah. The big reveal. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for the behind story. This is truly, this is a gift. <laughs> This oh, is you want us? You want a real behind story? There's literal TMZ photos of like super hyper zoomed in photos of my sweet cheeks down the beach from like way far away because <laughs> whoever got a hold that Harry Styles was filming his music video that day. So you can actually go like before the music video, they had all these write ups on TMZ of like, ooh, and then people started trying to spin the lore into like, is this a hint that Harry's bi? Like, who's this mystery boy that he has on the beach? Is this like a secret gay relationship? <laughs> Well, I love that you also have, like, experienced firsthand, like, paparazzi and media narratives. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that I just ended up the boyfriend. That would have been cooler. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, you you would be down. Bro, if I was Harry, dog. Who wouldn't be? I feel like you could find, like, the straightest man on the street and be like, if Harry Styles propositioned you, would you be down? And he'd be like, you know, I would be. Oh, I'm already hella gay. It wouldn't take that much convincing. <laughs> so with all of this like that you guys have been doing this year obviously you're back home now it sounds like you're working on some recording stuff like what can fans expect from you in 2024 lots of shows lots of new music more chaos a new era more chaos guaranteed more chaos 
and uh yeah shenanigans more photos of me in a pink speedo <laughs> oh yeah watermelon sugar 2.0 so for our final question we like to ask everybody the same thing which is so the ethos of name three songs is to empower fangirls and we think it's important to celebrate the things we love unapologetically so guys what are you fangirls of pigeons oh <laughs> <laughs> can you elaborate on this they're I think single-handedly one of the most misunderstood birds on this planet. True. Like, they're so gorgeous. I mean, but, like, pigeons are so pretty, but they're just so grunge, and, like, everybody thinks they're, like, rats with wings, but they really just are trying to eat, you know? I feel like that's a, <laughs> a good analogy for me. That is true. They're so grunge, and they're trying to eat. They were, yeah. they were raised to deliver Same. mail for us. Like, we loved them once, and now we don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Pigeons. <laughs> I'm a fangirl of, honestly, I feel like I have an outward persona of me being cool, but I'm actually so not cool. I just love video games, anime. Wow, same. Painting and hiding in my house. And I'm a fangirl of that. And like, I really love hardcore music right now. I've just like, I've been obsessed. <laughs> I, Straight from the Path is like my favorite band right now. And I just, yeah. Living life. I'm a loner and I love oh, it. I'm actually a massive fangirl of Ryan Tedder too. And I'm a really big fangirl of like... What is your Roman Empire? Just like anyone... Yeah, what's my <laughs> Roman Empire? Probably the Roman Empire. Are you a Roman Empire kind of guy? <laughs> no, like I just love like when I'm like touring, I'm always like looking up like architectural facts about cities that we're in or like weird things like that. I just, I nerd about that kind of stuff. And I, my, my YouTube explore page is like weird, like architectural yeah. digest things. And so, yeah, I just kind of boring nerd. <laughs> Love that. Okay. Well, thank you guys. This has been chaotic, but we appreciate you coming to talk. We appreciate learning about your fans <laughs> and your shows and your music. So thank you guys for joining us today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for dealing with us. I will say, they are right that fangirls run the music industry. And that is why we're they here today. They agreed on that. <laughs> <laughs> they are well aware of that. And that's all that matters. That really is all that matters. And I think also more bands should just like deal with the fact that they're boy bands. Like they should, they all just need to deal with the fact that they're boy bands. But I do think that somebody needs to inform that, that liking pigeons is not a boy band trope. <laughs> like <laughs> boy band trope <laughs> is uh, the, the quiet one, the sexy one, the bad boy. <laughs> Nowhere in the boy band lexicon is pigeon loving, although Louis Tomlinson, I guess, would beg to differ. No, it very much was giving One Direction core. Like, right? <laughs> like, yes. like the moment <laughs> when he said that. But no, I think like on top of all of that, like in all seriousness, I think like the way that they were talking about their passion for writing, yet also the passion for being on the road and how like those two things are kind of like battling against each other right now with the stage that they are at as a band was very interesting because I know a lot of artists are like really inspired being on the road and the fact that they're like, no, we know for a fact if we wrote on the road right now, all we would be writing about is being on the road and no one wants that. I thought that that was very interesting. That is I feel like they're at a very interesting point in their careers. Like they're at the cusp of a lot of things. And I feel like 2024 is going to hold some exciting things for them. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for getting candid with us and Beauty School Dropout today. This has been Sarah and Jenna from Name Three Songs. And if you have thoughts, feelings, questions, fangirl nonsense, you can come find us at Name Three Songs on Instagram and TikTok. And to get your pop culture fix, you can listen to new episodes of Name Three Songs podcast every Wednesday. And until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.